0: You know, and uh, as a Christian, and I love being a Christian, which means it's Christ that liveth and worketh and move in your life. And, you know, um, in my, all my life, I've, I've been part of sales in many different um, directives and directions, whether it be new homes or remodeling, or it's been at times where I, my uncles and their bakery and just different places where uh, I've been in the, the place of trying to help other people understand what is that would help and improve their life never has there been a place in my life where i would love to pitch more than jesus christ i don't care whether it's because i'm a pastor it's not no matter where i'm at i want to talk about jesus i want to talk about jesus on vacation i want to talk about jesus in the gas station i want to talk about jesus with my family with my grandkids I want to talk about Christ wherever because see, I believe in who he is. I don't believe because he's it's the organized religion or it's a, a place of of where you can get some hope. I believe it is the hope. I believe it is the truth. I believe he is the life. Amen. And so my experience of of marriage and and time, I had the most wonderful time of my life. Uh, this last week, um, it wasn't the greatest place to vacation. In fact, of all the times I've, I have vacationed, the weather wasn't that nice. Uh, but it was the greatest vacation in my life because of time with Jesus Christ and time with my wife, quality. And, you know, the whole, uh, up until that time, we were talking about the tabernacle. I had my own tabernacle time and realized what, how important that is to have those quality spaces How do you take that quality time? I hope that in the weeks to come, that we can help you have that quality time. This year has been the hardest year of my life as far as in the ministry. I would say it's the hardest year of my life as a business owner. It has been the hardest year of my life even as a dad. And as a granddad, I can tell you that there's been some, the uh, testing of my faith. In fact, this is talking about today. 2020 has been a huge year of the testing of my personal faith and of this church. And I believe it's important where you lean. In fact, we, we have in Proverbs and uh, we talk about how lean not to your understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. That's a really easy thing to talk about. It's even a really easy thing to quote but it's not a really easy thing to live. What and how do you work through the testing of your faith? And and when Jesus, we're going to be referencing some passages later on. And and when Jesus went through huge testing of his faith, what did he do? He went to a quiet place to get filled. This is God himself. God, perfect The fullness of the Holy Spirit inside of him with all the wisdom, the might, and the strength, and the understanding, and the knowledge, God himself in a human being had to get away because of the the circumstances that were around him were so distressful that he needed a time to refill. He needed a time to know that, that I don't want to take my next breath with no, without having that place of being filled with God. Because, see, life has a way. You, just like my car, I fill it up, but it doesn't stay filled. It, it, it has a way of, well, take it down the road, it's going to empty itself. Well, it's the same thing with life. We are here to get filled, and life is going to, by design, take from you it's going to drain from you and that's why we always talk about being filled in fact at the end of service we ask that all of you that want to get filled with the holy spirit or have a a moment a passageway back into his presence there's nothing like the presence of god there's nothing like it nothing like it and uh in my studies this week with, with my wife and our devotional time and We took a time to get through the whole book of Mark. And what really hit me out of it was when the the disciples um, were being accused. And I found, even when I was on vacation this week, I found even on that time, even though I'm so far away, I had two instances of accusations coming to my pathway. And I, I recognized that during that time, how I'm learning. I still have so much to grow. And I I come to you with humility. I have so far to grow up yet that I've learned that even in my own life, that I can take a, a thought captive, but I sipped on the poison throughout that time. And I'm saying, God, teach me your way through this, not through COVID, but through this, me being your vessel. I want to live out your way Through this testing of time, whether it be marital, whether it be financial, whether whether it be as a pastor or as a lead person or as a grandparent, God, teach me your way in this. And so if you would turn in your Bibles to James chapter one, it's on the screen for you too. One verse two, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, definitely has been the year. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. Can we literally take this time? Isn't that what the season's supposed to be? This is supposed to be a joyous season. Not because of our circumstances, but because of who lives in us. Amen? Because who lives in us? Consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be perfect and complete needing nothing. If you think now the next passage I want to share with you, I just added this morning in first Corinthians 10, 12 and 13 In first Corinthians 10, 13 was one of my favorite passages. When I first got saved 12 says this, if you think you're standing strong, be careful not to fall. The temptations in your life are no different from the other's experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation or the trial to be more than you can stand. And when you are tempted or tested, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Father, I ask right now that you just by your Holy Spirit, just help us to quiet ourselves, to hear what you're saying to lean not to our own understanding, not to the culture around us, but to lean into your kingdom, lean into your truth of your word and the presence of your Holy Spirit. God, I ask that you would just, today would be another place of stepping up into understanding of how great you are, the majesty, the might, the strength, God, yet at the same time, the humility that we take in our own walk, not to assert ourselves, but God to acknowledge you. Thank you for this moment. We'll never have it again. May this be everything you intended to be. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Today, 2020, fear has gripped lives, comparison, racism, Hate, rioting, political division—this is what the world has produced. So much in and through lies. But what has God's word produced in you? Not what the culture around us, but what has God's word? Now, in one of the things that I'm learning, and and I, again, so many times we just go through these through life without test. These tests all of a sudden make us reflect. And so, this has been a great time to reflect on Christmas. Even a great time to reflect on what was it that Joseph was going through, what was the angels going through, what what were what was everybody you know really going through in the hour that was at hand two thousand plus years ago, and I never really uh, saw it as deep or or grabbed onto it or reflected on it as much as this year. And I'm so, I'm thankful for the trials because it's making me press into even further to understand that time has a way of repeating itself and that God's word is so true and that what it's trying to teach us, not some kind of, well, if you know what, they didn't have Walmart 2000 years ago, they didn't have Christmas trees 2000 years ago, they didn't have present, but yes, they did. They had gifts 2000 years ago with christ so there are things that we can grab we can reflect on but not the why and the what and the how is what we really need to press into a different understanding and isaiah isaiah chapter nine talks about some hundreds of years ago before christ was born but it was painting a picture of the birth of christ so i think it's important for us to go even hundreds of years before christ was born kind of giving us a temple of that time Of that period, Isaiah chapter 9, the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. So when Jesus was born, there was a great darkness over the land. Much like today. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoiced at the harvest like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You'll break the oppressor's rod just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire, for a child is born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, prince of peace his government and its peace will never end he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor david for all eternity the passionate commitment of the lords of heaven's armies will make this happen tests will draw out what is inside tests will draw out what's inside this past week and for some of you that are close to me know how ridiculously foolish I can be when it comes to trivial things like a phone. I had another experience with my phone this week that uh, thought it was lost again. And I'm, I get mad at myself in these situations because they take a lot of times, not just time for me, but they take up time of people I love and they help me. And so I get embarrassed by it. You ever have places of embarrassment in your life? And what do we do when we think places of embarrassment? We want to hide them, yes? Right? Well, so uh, this week, my wife and I, we went to the, to the beach t- together, and we were going to go for a nice long walk. It wasn't supposed to be very nice. We get there, so I went there with sweatpants on and had my suit underneath me. Hopefully, it's going to be nice, and it was beautiful. So took the sweatpants off, put my phone on top of the car, a rented car. That's a whole other story. But anyway, put it on uh, top of the, the car and... and uh, Walked along the beautiful beach, walked a couple miles one way and walked a couple miles the other way, having wonderful, reflective God time and uh, get in the car and no phone. And I went, my mind goes, well, I must not have taken it. I thought I took it. And then Brenda gets on her phone and and we do this together because, you know, I'm calling her phone she's calling my phone. So she's calling the phone. Don't get a connection with it. And so I'm just thinking, all right, fine. It must be back at uh, the condo that we had somebody uh, gift us to stay at. And uh, so driving down, and, and we're just, um, you know, first we're, I'm kind of nervous about it, and then I think, oh, it's, it's got to be there. My hope goes in a place where it doesn't belong. And, and uh, so we, all of a sudden I hear it's clumping on the, on the top of the roof. And you know, you ever have one of those moments where your brain finally connects with your denseness in life? Honestly, it literally, I could not connect that my phone was on top at all. But I, I went through the moment of darkness of my life, going over there, all the things, in a moment of time, thinking, Rita is not going to like me again, all right? Because I always ask her to help me with this situation, with getting my phone connected over there. My wife, I'm going, how long does my wife got to deal with this knucklehead? You know what I mean? And all of those moments that passed through my head, and I drive off the, uh, basically get off the, the uh, road, it's a five-lane road, it's a 50-mile-an-hour speed limit there, I'm 50 yards from the highway, okay, Seven, I'm 50 yards from going 50 to 80, or 70, that's what I said, didn't I say 70? So from 50 yards from going, all right, from 50 to 70, all right? But anyway, the point of it is, is uh, I'm, I, I pull off and I start running, I'm just and I'm running all the way down the road, thinking that I'm going to save my phone again. All right, and I'm, as I'm thinking, I'm like, "This phone is this phone is toast." by the way, this phone has gone through the boat landing this year. It's already fell off the back of the truck on Whitehall Road this year. This phone's been through a long, a big journey of Jesus saving it. All right, <laughs> all right. It's somehow it's missed trailer boat trailers and everything, and uh, so and then my wife even made the comment. Uh, humorously says, you've been really good with your phone this year. And I went, because <laughs> almost every year, I never make it past a year with a phone. It's a reason why I have insurance on my phone. All right. Never make it past a year. And I'm like, man, I'm, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. So anyway, I'm not there. Well, I get back and no phone, can't find it on the road. And, and so we start walking back and, and I'm going through all the distressors of it. And Brenny goes, you think it's still in the top of the car? like wouldn't that be good exactly what I said wouldn't that be good and we get there and, and of course my height doesn't help me I can't see in the top of the SUV I go it's not there and she can see it from the other side because it's hidden behind things goes, it is too there you know and and, and it, what's so funny is we were we were driving an SUV and there's a whole other story uh, but it had a full moon roof on it if we would have just looked up we could have seen the phone anyway, uh, the point of it is, is that there are things where God, you know, I, I look at people that never would do dumb things like that. And I want you to know, I admire you. I do admire you. I want to be more like you in times, but I've recognized that God's makes up the grace. And then for you that maybe you can't be like me in areas of maybe faith or entrepreneurial, God makes up the the grace don't compare if I compared myself to some of you that are so administrative and strong and just don't do dumb things like that I would not want to wake up in the morning I wouldn't but I won't do that and I try really hard to be smarter I ain't kidding you I try really hard at doing that and I do the best I know how to do and here's what I've learned in this lean not to my own understanding but acknowledge him in all my ways and I have learned that God loves me and is definitely making a lot of improvements. I do. If I even look back at this year and go, you know what? I, I make less mistakes, but I still am making a lot of mistakes. And you, as you walk with God, that should, be your, that should be your testimony. And nobody in this room perfect. Nobody is in this room perfect. But what God is doing is he's perfecting his work in you. Because Philippians 2.13 says his power that works in you to do what pleases him. Let me tell you something. When I got back in that car, my wife handed me the phone, and I looked. I didn't take any credit. I acknowledge how great God is. I was 150 feet from the highway. 150 feet from the highway of losing that phone for good. And I know that God, I know that God goes with his angels, flip that phone around over there so I could hear the noise over there and save because of the craziness and the nonsense that it would have caused. And see, here's what God wants to do in your life. Acknowledge him. And he will save you from all of the nonsense that can go further. Amen? Because here's what I want. I don't want my life to be distracted and get full of Ron. I want my life to be attracted and full of Jesus. And I've had too many years and too many moments, and you have too, where your life has been distracted. And you know what comes out of you? It's you. And I'm learning that that's what's happening. Even in the midst of these things, I didn't come out in that situation. The old me, yeah, running down the road, that's a little bit of me on there. But the point of it is, is some of the words and some of the anxiousness and some of the anger or some of the frustration and everything it didn't not come out. Christ needs to live in us. And so here's Joseph. Put yourself in that moment. You are married and you can't touch your bride. That's what Joseph is living through. And then you're realizing every day you wake up going, you're with your beautiful bride, you can't touch her. And that makes you even know how much more beautiful she is and you want. And so here she is now. He's going to take her. And the reason you can't touch her is because God lives in her. That's the only reason you can't touch her is because God lives in her. And so now you come to this place where she is going to deliver God. And how would you acknowledge? And there's no place for him. There's no place for both of them. How would you respond to that moment in life? Would you not look at yourself and go, Where'd I miss it? What did I do wrong? How did I look at what I'm doing to God in and, and the and moment that, that He's got? This is, this is about Him. And this is about what, you know what, my, my wife and my first place where I can really provide, and this is what I've got to provide. See, we don't look at that story in that light of it, but that's what we should do is, and that Joseph didn't make it about himself. I'm sure everything inside of him was raging. I know it would have been for me. And as I can sit there and go, I have to fight the little raging inside of me over a crazy phone. I can't even fathom the moment of Joseph and all the emotions that are going on inside. Number two, Could it be that you need to see the test through spiritual eyes? Can you look at life in this test? I can see through spiritual eyes. Never has this been a year where my prayer life and my time has gone to such deep places with God. My prayer life is more militant than ever. Militant toward the enemy. Militant toward having God's kingdom come, His will be done. The Bible says that the kingdom of heaven suffered violent, but the violent take it by force. Now I've been physically violent, I've been verbally violent, but I have not ever been as spiritually violent as in this era and my life. I believe that it's time for us to wage our warfare, not on Facebook, not with our, not emotionally. But in our, on our knees against the darkness of the time, Joseph obviously was ready because he listened to an, a, a dream that an angel came and visited him in. Would you change your whole life because you had one visitation? Are you even ready for that kind of, uh, that kind of pathway? Are, is your spirit man ready to change the course of your life because of a visitation? Ephesians 1, 5, or 15 through 18 says, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord, Jesus, and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus, to give you spiritual wisdom. Notice it doesn't say physical wisdom. Spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he's given to all those who are called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Three, consider these tests with spiritual eyes versus human ones. Let me just give you, kind of go through some Bible historical moments. Would you look for a fish for transportation? Probably not. Would you hang a brass serpent on a stick when you were bitten by a snake? and look for your hope from there would you pick an 80-year-old to deliver a nation would you pick an outcast or common folk to further your message by the way that's the what god looks for is in the church would you pick a couple that was too old to have children physically to bring the one who would prepare the way for jesus that was john the baptist would you pick a prostitute to carry the message to spies And save her family and yours. Would you have the savior of the world brought down to be born in a barn? Would you believe the story that your fiance is miraculously pregnant? That's the season that we're living in. You can't believe those things. You will not acknowledge those things. You're not ready for that craziness unless you look inside and say, Lord, Lord, Your way be done. Your kingdom come. I lean not to my own understanding, but in all your ways, I acknowledge you. Number four says, what do you lean into when the test comes? Proverbs 3, 5 through 8, I've been talking about it since the start of this service. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's, again, an easy thing to say. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. He will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. Then you'll have the healing for your body and your strength for your bones. Hebrews 11, one Amplified Translation says it this way. Now faith is assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealing to our senses. When we live in such a sensual time, faith says that has nothing to do with what pleases God. The Bible says the only way to please God is through faith. And so here we are when the word of God says that the only way, and I know that if, if I were to ask you, how many of you want to please God, you'd all raise your hand. And the Bible says so clearly here, then the only way to do that is to not listen to your sensual being. And yet we're so, we have learned to literally perform and to act and react completely from it. And it's not trained. We've not trained our senses in the spirit. And so you say, well, pastor, what does it look like? Well, I can tell you one of the, the hardest, most stressful places in my life where I, and, and I, I, I didn't have anywhere to turn. I didn't have anywhere to turn. I did not know what tomorrow looked like. And I, 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 those are the places, and I've gone through those through adoption. I've gone through those maritally. I've gone through those things with physicalness, with physical handicap situations. I've gone that through with, with my kid and the wrong diagnosis. I've gone th- through that with my first grandchild being stillborn. I have gone through that with friends, a lost nephew, to death. I've gone through that with accusations as a pastor. I have gone through many of these places, and I found that, that I can usually, have. I'm tempted to, to get on the phone or to have some form of contact with somebody that would encourage. But it has, even when that moment happened, and those, there are certain times where I did, it never lasted And then I found my place getting just in the presence of God, quieting myself, put some praise and worship music on. All I hear is nothing of my trial. That's what quieting yourself is. Maybe you're going through a marital difficulty right now. You're not hearing what God has to say until you stop. It's when you start Stop playing the problem in your head. When you can stop playing the problem, that's when God can speak. See, well, pastor, I, it's taken me sometimes an hour to get in that place with God. And I would like to say that, that I had everything I needed once I walked out of that, but it was within short-lived breath time, which means within 15, 20 minutes, The problem would try to revisit my life. There is nothing like being in the presence of God. Nothing like being in the presence of God. This is what my savior, my Lord, my king chose to walk away from. To come into this nasty world and die for me. He was in that presence all the time. And he chose to be born in this dark world so that I could experience that presence of God with him. I want to give you some examples of from when Jesus did this. Again, this is Christ who's in a human body, just like you and I, And God lives, which means his spirit lives, God's spirit lives inside. So he has a human side that rages against God. Because the Bible says that the flesh and the spirit are contrary to each other. Matthew 1.20 says this, But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Notice that God didn't take the thoughts away from Joseph. He gave him a different thought. And many of us are waking, waking for God. Please take this away from me. He doesn't take it away. He gives you a different thought. He gives you a different path, way to on. Or how about the wise men who had studied the times and the time of them equated with the stars and showed, and how do they, what do they do? They sit there and they look to these stars and they're all, why are they looking at the stars? They're looking for truth. And then, you know what? Here's the thing, what I love about this. And I I, I love this is if you look for truth, you search for truth, you're going to find one, you're going to find one, absolutely one character. His name is Jesus. And so here they are, they're looking for truth from the stars, and from the stars, show, him, show them the truth, Jesus himself. In fact, Matthew 2, 9 says this, When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. It doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter where you've been born in. If you are looking for the truth, it's going to come to one consensus. His name is Jesus. I don't care if you're looking from the end of the sea, you're looking into the skies. You're going to come, if you are truly searching for truth, Jesus will be in the forefront. Number five, the test you are in, does it have you looking in all the wrong places for your answer? Does it have you looking in all the wrong places? I was sharing this with our, um, our elders this morning in prayer. And I, I want to get our young people. I want to get the next generation as well as our generation ready for the tests that are to come. And this is the statement I made. How many of our young people today would give up their phone or renounce their faith? I don't really like the answer. I think it would come. I believe that many young people today don't have any depth of the presence of God in their life. And if you're a parent and you're listening right there, you need to help them get there. We as elders are longing to take time to visit with you. And if maybe you've never had, I I have never had the presence of God so thick in my personal marriage as in this last week. Never, but it was intentional. And, and we went to the tabernacle with God together. And you know, I've been married for almost 35 years. Don't press in, press into God so that you're ready for what is to come. I believe what, what, is, what is to come is, is even harder than what we've ever faced in our life. I believe that there's going to be testing of where you're going to want to, you know what, what do you really believe? And I'm not talking about for fighting's sake. I'm talking about for resonance of God in your heart's sake. Joseph was engaged and had his family and marriage all planned out. And the supernatural came knocking on his door, changed everything. The wise men were studying words and times and seasons and the supernatural came knocking at their door. The shepherds were caring for sheep and the supernatural came knocking on the door. Mary was planning to be the most beautiful bride and the supernatural came knocking at the door. Here's some passages I want to give to you and we're going to close. Luke four fighting the enemy. These are passages that Jesus did. Jesus had to fight the enemy. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing all that time and became very hungry, which means Jesus was shutting down his physical senses so that he would have spiritual connection to deal with the trials to come. How about words of discouragement? Jesus, when he had such a heaviness and discouragement that came in his life, we have the example of what Jesus did in Matthew chapter 14. And John, the, uh, John his actual cousin, the, uh, had his head be, um, taken off or cut off. His head was brought on a tray and given to a girl who took it on to her mother. Later, John's disciples came to Jesus. Um, and told him what had happened. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. Jesus didn't just sit there and discuss it with his, his, his disciple friends and go, Can you believe it? I can't believe this actually happened. It's not what he did. He went to a remote place. He was so broken on the inside. He had to say, I need time to get. I need this space I need the presence of God this is God who needs the presence of are you guys hearing this this is God who needs the presence of God in his life how about decisions for your future and every one of us are facing those marriage, church serving in the church attending the church being a leader in the church how about kids your workplace, promotions, do you take it, do you not take it? Spouse, any kind of leadership change. These are things that, that are needing in our life, saying, are we going to lean to our own understanding or are we going to lean into God? Jesus himself got away. It says, then accomplished by his disciples, the time of great distress Jesus went to. And we find this passage in Luke 22. Jesus went away, accomplished, you know, to the upstairs room, went as usual to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, pray that you will not be given into temptation. He walked away and about a stone throw away and knelt down and prayed, father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering from me. Yet I don't, I, yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. Then the angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed even more fervently. And he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like drops of blood. And last, he stood up again and returned to the disciples, only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. Why are you sleeping? He asked them. Get up and pray, so that you will not be given in to temptation. Most of us really um, probably don't equate the epistles. And when I say epistles, you got the gospels—Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John—and then the rest of the, the rest of the Word of God, the New Testament from Acts on all the way through the book of Jude, really is written to the church. And then the first few chapters of Revelation are written to the church. But after that, it's written back to the Jewish people that are going to be here during the times of tribulation. But that church period is space. And many of it was recorded during the most trialsome time that Christians ever went through. Emperor Nero was uh, just a, a man who was full of himself and full of pleasure and burned Rome and thought it was funny. But what happened was is during that time, because he's underneath leadership, the people of the land began to be accusatory toward him. So he looked for somebody to blame. Isn't that funny about leaders today? Instead of taking it on their own, uh, Faults and, and weaknesses, and if I'm talking to you as a parent, or I'm talking to you as a, as a boss or whatever, it is not a weakness to admit a fault. It's a strength. Amen? It's a, it's a strength. And so instead of doing that, he blames Christians to the point where he starts having games with them and has them... Uh, go into Coliseums and he, you know the, the stories of what happened in that, in that era. And even to the point where they're lighting Christians up to light the streets study. it; It's a very gruesome time. These, this is when most of what we know to be the new Testament is being recorded. And yet the Bible paints it not as distress but as a joyous, good news. How can it be good news in such troublesome times? Because when the kingdom is talking, it's not talking about the five senses out here. It's talking about the God sense in here. Never has there been a place in history where people were getting strong on the inside as in that era of time. Where's your strength come from? Does it come from the Holy Spirit in you? Or does it come from you getting all your ways outside of you? So now I want to talk to you parents. If you're training your child so that your child stops complaining and stops acting out, Only when they get their way, how in the world are you ever going to to introduce them to the gospel? Because the gospel isn't about great news out here. It's about great news in here. It's not about something where you become a Christian and all of a sudden God takes away all your problems. Is anybody here listening today? It's about where you can overcome all of them on the inside and greater is he that lives in you than all that trash. And so parents raise your children with discipline, raise your children with understanding that it's not about your way. It's about receiving his way in you so that we as church can take right from the children that are being raised in a a homestead like that so that they can be raised in God's family. And we, we just take them to the next depth of understanding. Oh, mom and dad aren't here just so I can get everything I want so that we as church leaders don't have to help the church think that we can give you whatever you want. And that's not what God does is amen. He's not here to give us whatever we want. He's here to fill us with who he is. And here's Jesus, our savior, our majesty, our king, at the greatest hour of life, doesn't get what he wants, not what I want, but your will be done. And get strength that's not of this world. And even get strength that angels bring from heaven so that he can even pray more fervently to deal with with the days of head and the hours of head ahead. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Just you please bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, great, great father in heaven, the one that holds the design The one that holds the the plan from the beginning to the end. That loves us so deeply. That offered the greatest plan and sacrifice, sending your own son to die on the cross. God, help us know how to receive the gift. Many times, Lord, I've not received a gift or the heart of the gift behind the package. God, I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to forgive me personally for how many times I have not reflected on how great the gift is of Jesus. Lord, even next week, we're gonna have such a a time of reflecting on our King. But Ray, I pray that right now in this moment, that we could have a take in our next breath and be the breath of the Holy Spirit That we would not be humanly breathing, but spiritually breathing in the breath of God. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, who died on the cross, who came here of willingness to leave the presence of perfection and majesty, sitting on a throne, so that he could come in this dark world where he would be Spit on where he would be lashed out at accused scorned Sacrificed For you for me if that Moment in history isn't real and alive inside of your heart That's kingdom. That's where it all starts That's when the gates of heaven open up right at the cross and life takes on meaning. Say, Pastor Ron, not, I've not done that. Or maybe you've turned your back on God and on Christ. Either way, this next moment is so pivotal. Would you receive Him as your Lord, or would you t- take it again to say, God, I want my life restored into your plan? If either one of those situations are you, I want you to raise your hand nice and high, say, that's me. Please pray for me today. Anybody else say, that's me? Alright for I believe that there's those on, on TV right now who are watching us. Let's pray. All of us pray together right now. Say Father in heaven. Please forgive me. And I receive it. Because of what Jesus went through on the cross for my sins. You made it personal and I receive the personal journey of Jesus Christ in my heart. I receive His forgiveness. I receive His hope. I receive the greatest part, a relationship with my Father in Heaven. In Jesus' name, I'm all yours. Amen. Let's stand up. Let's continue to worship our King, our Majesty. Let's walk in the presence of who He is in our life. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through MyLifeChangeChurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to MyLifeChangeChurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.